Hello and welcome back to Something Real. We're going to try to give you something to think about today. Uh, unfortunately, Stacy is once again not with us. Uh, we hope that she'll be back for Tuesday's podcast. But uh, as we are heading into the weekend, uh, we want to prepare your minds and your hearts for Sunday's sermon. And we'll be moving forward in the book of Luke into chapter 22. And we're actually shifting gears. There's a big shift as we go into chapter 22 where we see a lot less of the teaching moments and a lot more of the Passion Week action that, that takes place. Obviously, there's a lot of teaching, a lot of truth, a lot of content uh, that is in that. And yet now, as Luke tells the story, much more of the action is doing the talking. Uh, if you have a red letter Bible, there are a lot fewer red letters here as we go through, at least not the longer uh, longer passages. So we see a lot more um, activity. And in this particular uh, case, we are heading into uh, what would be the Last Supper. And uh, before that, we're going to focus on the first six verses of chapter 22 as Judas... Um, finds himself with an opportunity to to give himself over to Satan, and he does that. So uh, Luke records it this way, starting with verse 1. Now the feast of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were working, were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. So as we're going from this passage, it's sort of the bridge from Jesus talking about the signs of the end of the age and uh, moving into the Last Supper and all of the things that, that go along with that. And then, you know, at, toward the end of chapter 22, we see Jesus arrested and, and all of the things that we expect from this story that, we, if, that we've heard before. One of the challenges as we look at these Passion Week events is to look at them with fresh eyes, to um, see it as if this is a new telling of the story every time we read it, to look for the things that might surprise us uh, in the story. And so here, as we look at what's going on with Jesus and Judas, one of the things that kind of stands out is uh, that this is coming off of or, or heading into sort of a spiritual mountaintop. The first thing we read is that the Passover is approaching. And very often when we have um, big spiritual events, baptism, a spiritual breakthrough, uh, some kind of a thing like that where, where we're really um, moving forward in our walk with the Lord, Satan attacks just extra hard at that time. We see that taking place here. And so as the Feast of the Unleavened Bread uh, which uh, is commonly known as Passover, is approaching, the devil is looking for an opportunity uh, and he's working overtime at it. Next we see that, that the chief priests and the teachers of the law, they were already looking for some way to get rid of Jesus. We've been seeing this for many chapters. They're looking, they're trying different things, it's not working. They've determined now in their hearts, they've, they've settled in their minds that he has to be killed. Now, as they're looking for this, <clears throat> they're doing it uh, partly at this time because they're afraid of the people. The people are, are stirred up in this spiritual moment, but not just a spiritual moment. It's a cultural moment as well. 
just like in the Christian church, we celebrate the birth of Christ at Christmas, and yet all those around us uh, also are celebrating. They may or may not recognize the reality of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, but even uh, even so many non-church-going people, uh, as they celebrate the holiday, they use the language of Advent. They uh, we'll look at those things, and there's a cultural significance to it. Everybody seems to be engaged, whether they love it or hate it, they're engaged in the Christmas season. Same thing is happening here with Passover. Everybody is heightened. This is a, a time that is just ripe for uh, for a uh, political upheaval, for uh, cultural revolution, for all sorts of different things. And they've been trying to maintain a status quo for some time. There have been a number of false messiahs who have come and led revolutions or uprisings. There have been zealots who have come along um, doing the same thing. And so they they want to get rid of Jesus for fear of the people, for fear that this uprising is going to come to a head uh, here during the Passover season. And then a really crucial sentence comes in here. Then Satan entered Judas that's a really big deal. This whole thing happens as Satan enters Judas. Now, whether he means literally entered in, in terms of possessing or attacking, I think it's a, a possessing sort of thing. Uh, it seems very clear that, that Judas is not actually uh, converted. He's not actually in Christ, uh, although he clearly thinks he is. If you had asked Judas at any point in this journey uh, as a disciple, as he even you know, even up until this very moment, if you had asked him if Jesus is the Messiah, he would say yes. If you asked him if he loved him with all his heart, he would say yes. But he didn't. Clearly, he held back those parts of his own understanding, his own mind, uh, that, that Jesus challenged. And so we get to a certain place and there's a gap, there's a void, there's a, a chink in the armor. And the devil finds that opportunity and he attacks. Now for a Christ follower, the devil can't enter and possess us. That's not possible when we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But that hadn't happened yet for believers. That happens in Acts chapter 2 and ever since then, every believer in Christ has the Spirit of Christ in us. That's why Jesus said it was better for him to go away, to send the Helper but Judas now, as a devoted follower of Christ, who has literally, as Peter said, left everything to follow him, just like they all have, he's here and his heart is not completely surrendered. And with that little gap, that little crack, just a slight opening in the door, Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot. Not the other, there are other Judas is a very common name, specifying Judas Iscariot. And then in verse 3, Luke says something that, that each one of the Gospels points out. There's an emphasis on the fact that he's one of the 12. That's significant. The fact that he's one of the 12 is worth noticing. That's why all four of them, uh, all four of the Gospel writers bring this out. He is close to our Lord. He's betrayed by a good friend. He's not just another disciple among the crowds. He's one of the 12, one of the inner circle. Verse 4 says that Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard. As we see this in the other gospels as well, it becomes clear that Judas initiates this, uh, this meeting. It's not something that they bring to him. It's something that he brings to them. It's not clear whether he actually has 
convinced himself that this is the right thing. But he's making provision for it. He is going out and he's seeking after it. And he's probably telling himself, no, 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 I can't do that. Like so many of us do so often with our sin. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. As we inch toward it, as we make provision for the flesh. And then the devil gets a hold of it, attacks and influences. While he can't possess us, he does a lot of whispering in our ear. And the next thing you know, we've gotten so close to the edge, we fall over. And we start rolling down the hill and it snowballs and gets out of control on us. I wonder if that didn't happen in a similar way with Judas. Obviously, this is a a very uh, extreme case and and Jesus already knew that this was going to happen. In fact, he Uh, he's predicted it on a number of occasions and he's about to get very clear in the next uh, paragraphs as they sit down together uh, to finalize that last Passover Seder meal together. But he goes to them to discuss with them how he might betray him. He's not there yet. They're delighted. You know, the world, the enemies of the cross, will always be delighted to help take you the wrong direction. So if if we as Christ followers are wobbling and, and toppling over, the world will be happy. They'll be delighted to push us over. Not to knock us into depression and fear, sure, maybe that, but to get us off the path so that we're following our own initiative, following our own selfish, sinful desires, as James says, as opposed to following the Lord, to drive us toward our own understanding rather than trusting the Lord with all our heart. They were delighted. They agreed to give him money. The NIV says he consented. Other translations, uh, older ones, will uh, render that he covenanted. At this point, his mind is made up, and he watches for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no one was present. This is going to be a tough thing, but Judas of everybody knows where Jesus goes in his quiet moments. He's going to lead them there. And 30 pieces of silver will be given to him to do that. And the Lord will be betrayed. We can take comfort from the fact that knowing that this can happen even to Jesus. So when it happens to us, we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be in some way dismayed. But we should be watchful. 1 Peter 5.8 says to uh, to be alert and sober of mind because our enemy, the devil, is prowling about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We need to be on our game. We don't need to be worried. We do need to be watchful. Just as we're alert and, and watchful for the, uh, the coming of the Lord and his return, we need to be watchful all the time now and alert on our guard against the enemy that we might walk worthy and not fall into fall into foolish sin. Thanks for joining us today. Hopefully we'll uh, talk to you again on Tuesday.